Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic. Jeff Kowal is here with Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? Jeff, good morning. Aaron, last minute technical. Yeah, we had to switch some microphones and uh, headphones around, but we're strapped in the studio. We're ready to go. And we take your calls. So, first and foremost, the live retirement clinic here in WISN, also in WIBA in Madison. Phone lines are open for questions. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 414 799 1130. Just a couple of uh, business items to take care of here first, Jeff. The sexy segment, a weekly feature on your show. It's a great feature today. Suddenly wealthy. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be suddenly wealthy? That's right. There's... But I'm sure with that come like you know the lottery winners. Yeah, that's okay too. You're not the, ready for it or some, an inheritance. Inheritance, yeah. Somebody passes away, so sometimes it's you know uh, a lottery winner selling your business, divorce, uh, a lot of different circumstances in which you become suddenly wealthy. And we'll talk about that. Yes, selling the business is probably the most common one, I'm guessing. But we'll get into that. That's in the second half of the show. We also have the Boss Minute with Aaron. Cole. For business owners, savings and security. Speaking of business owners, uh, yes, a whole different ball game. If you run your own business, Jeff, and you're the owner, you're the boss. Uh, sometimes that is their retirement plan. And it's not only planning for your business; it's planning for your own life as well, and your life after uh, you leave your business. And as long as we got Aaron Smith, Smithsner, Spitzner. There we go. A little tongue-tied this morning. That's all right. It's my fourth hour on the air. You know how that goes. I need a coffee by now. Aaron, uh, talk about your social media because you're, you know, you're better at that than Jeff and I. You're on LinkedIn. You're on Facebook. Come on. You're oh, younger. Come on. Take a little more credit. You're okay at social media, right? Yeah. I just got, My family signed me up on vacation for an Instagram account Oh, Uh-oh. against my wishes. Give me that phone, Dad. I'm going to get you on Instagram. Is that is that because Facebook is a thing of the past now? Yeah. Is that young kids don't go on. Fa- they don't like it. They don't post. They they. It's it's a new thing. It's for you old guys. That's what they told me. That, you know that that's interesting because Facebook for me was that was like getting out of that was like in high school, and now it's a thing that nobody unless you're older. You know. You <laughs> And, I, and I, Jeff and I, how about my, we remember MySpace. Remember it's, Dead Space? <laughs> MySpace. Oh, that was before we're, we're, Facebook. Co- yeah. Coal Investment Group is not on MySpace. That, no. that is one thing, but we are on LinkedIn and, and, you and are, Facebook. You're on Facebook Twitter, yeah. and Twitter. And yes. Twitter. And you've got your own website, thekowalway.com. Yep. In fact, you might want to start there. It's a great website. A lot of resources for all five locations now. World Headquarters in Waukesha. In addition, in Ozaukee County, you've got Port Washington, Jeff, in Madison. That's why we are we talk about Middleton offices. WIBA in Madison, too. Uh, and also in Phoenix, Arizona, not to mention your brand new location, the latest opening that's in Racine. You can see the sign, the big sign right off of uh, I, or 94 would be, yep. I guess. Right. 94. Um, man, some big time traffic issues down there yesterday. Were either of you 
caught up in no, that. No, luckily we didn't uh, have to go there, but there's all there are always big issues. Oh, I was I was down there and you hear sirens after sirens after sirens. I it's look out on how construction. 20, it was just packed. I, I don't I don't know what happened, but uh, by it, the was time I left, it was yeah. an bad, it was right. a bad accident. So. Uh but you know, when you see construction, just slow yes. down. Don't speed. Uh, yeah, people are inclined during that stretch, especially where there are no cops for 12, 15, 16 miles. They stepped not, on it. Yeah, because there's nowhere to pull you over. Right, so. but those concrete barriers are about two inches away from your door. Yeah. Yep. So slow it out. Um, that's that's our speech for the day. Now let's get into retirement talk. What do we talk about on the program? Anything concerning your retirement. So if you want to call in right now, we've got lines open, as I said, 799-1130 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can talk about your 401k, the tax implications, Social Security, uh, new rules. Jeff, I heard a commercial this week, several commercials for the Kowal Investment Group, where you talked about Congress is changing rules once again. Right. Uh, the SECURE Act. Uh, trying to uh, bolster uh, individual savings for retirement, uh, trying to delay the uh, age at which you have to take required minimum distribution, say it's 72, make it easier for companies to do 401k plans that don't have them. A number of uh, changes, most of which are good, some of which are not, passed overwhelmingly by the House. And now when Congress gets back back together uh, after the August recess, it's most likely to be passed in the Senate. Big changes in that. So if you want to keep up to date with that, Call us at Kowal Investment Group. Go online at thekowalway.com. Schedule an appointment with us. We'll make sure you keep up to date with the latest changes in the SECURE Act that's likely to be passed in the next few weeks. We're in a, I would think both of you would agree with me, right now as we sit here today, Saturday, August 24th, a pretty robust, strong economy, right? Still is. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Fox News, and, and Trump sent out a tweet that said the media is doing its best to create recession fears. I think there is some truth to that. If the Dow goes down five, six hundred points, sometimes more, that day we hear all the talk, oh, it's coming to an end. The next day, they just drop it like it's old news and the Dow bob. That's volatility, Aaron, in the market. As an investor, you've got to get used to that. Yeah, and one of the conversations I had this week was about that, well, really that same conversation. But the other thing is, you got to remember that the market and the economy are two different things. And that was the foundation of our conversation is that the market is trying to price in uh, where the economy is going to be 12 to 18 months down the road. And right now, when you hear tariff and you hear China, then there becomes these worries. And is this going to affect us? And there's all these computers trading and algorithms that they see a tweet. and it, Different than 30 years ago. Correct. They look for words. They see those words. And all of a sudden, it's their instant, computers are instant sell. Right away. And then you see the volatility. Then you see it come right back the next day because you see earnings from corporations, things that matter. And they're very strong and the consumer is doing well. Aaron explained that very well, Jeff. I thought so, too. And, and in addition to that, the, um, the trade war will ultimately be settled. It will be settled. Right now, there's a lot of chaos. They're, they're jockeying back and forth. But eventually, it will be settled. And the market will go back on the positive news that has been settled. So this may be a buying opportunity for people. You have to watch that. When you see a big drop like we had yesterday, 600 points, could that, if you have cash on the sidelines, could now be the time to put some money to, back to To buy work. when things are down, Jeff. Yeah. And that's the key, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that on your report yesterday afternoon. You do market updates. We haven't mentioned that yet. But if you listen to WISN, in the 3 and 5 o'clock news block, you're also in WIBA with an afternoon market update as well. That's five days a week. And then, of course, on the weekends, we let you loose here for a full hour. 
pretty exciting, huh? Yeah, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock from 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN. Uh, and 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. We try to give you a minute on what's going on in the markets, what's driving your IRA and investment and 401k accounts up or down that particular day. Is it a government report? Is it the trade wars? Is it interest rates? What is it that's driving the market that day? How can you benefit from it? We wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, tech-heavy NASDAQ, all in one minute, 305-505 or 5 o'clock news block. And at uh, 4.55, Vicki McKenna show on WIBA in Madison. Yesterday we were on time. I had uh, produced for former Governor Scott Walker, who did the show. And, boy, we run a tight ship. That 5 o'clock news, that was right on time, Jeff. Yeah, good. When Belling's here, it's more like 5.20, but yeah, it, whatever. Yeah. It, it, it does air, and it's always in that 5 o'clock news block. Aaron, going back to what you said, here's what I found was very interesting. Okay, so algorithms, computers, day traders, everything's in real time, and I get the real update. Every cable channel, Fox, CNN, I don't care what you have on, has a ticker. Every cell phone has an alert, and we are almost in tune too much to that information that we kind of freak out. Oh, the Dow is down 700. The next day, sometimes it goes back up, and then we don't talk about it ever again. Are we overreacting in this day of information? This information age is almost too much. I think that um, I think it is too much, but I I don't necessarily see a lot of people reacting with their portfolios. I think people have. I, I think a lot of coffee shop banter have become used to the volatility, and it's not. You know, you see it down six hundred points. Oh, I need to do something with my portfolio. I think it's more of um, something to talk about than it is something to be concerned about, and I. And I think people are becoming used to it I, with the volatility in the market right now. Um, and also, 600 points isn't, you know, when you look at it on a percentage basis, it is pretty good. I mean, it's, it's not it's not pennies. Yeah, but the Dow's not at 10,000 anymore. It's, yeah, it's exactly. 26, 27,000 so, volume is there. Yeah, so there's a little bit more, um, smaller on a percentage scale. So look at we the percentage, 10, not so much the points. I tend to look more at the percentage, yes. And I don't think. panic. There's a big difference, a huge difference. This is a great insight, Paul. This is, there's a big difference between information and data, the stuff you get on a regular basis. How do you apply that information and data with knowledge and wisdom, and how does it apply to your situation? So you can get data and the, the alerts all the time, but how do you apply it to your situation? And that's where we come in. I remember talking to Jeff Aaron. This was years ago, maybe 15 years ago, because Jeff and I have been doing the show since 2001. We're coming up on an anniversary. The, which one? Uh, 19 years. Okay. Well, no, let's see, 18 years. 18, 18 years. years. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, September right. 7th, uh, 2011. Is That's when right. We, when we started the show. We started right uh, before 9-11, and then we right. took off a week for the... We had wall-to-wall coverage, obviously, with everything that was going on with the terrorist attack. But I mean to interrupt you. You were saying 15 years ago. No, what I just remember this conversation, and it was when I first... I've been investing since I've been 23. I'm now 53, Jeff, and I've had a 401k plan this whole time. I started to see it go up quite a bit, you know, and, and you get excited. And you just said, don't check it daily, Paul. Don't be so into it that, yes, it's it's fun to see your account go up. Who doesn't like that? Yeah. But don't get so in tune unless you're going to start taking withdrawals, which I have no intention of, and you don't want to until you hit that certain age. Right. And I just remember that advice, and it was good advice because, you know, now I'll check it every now and then. Yep. And I don't know if that's good or and bad. It is fun maybe to look I, at. Maybe too. I should be more active, Jeff. I don't know. I don't think you should. Um, there was a good article uh, 
this week um, from Brian Westbury. We were, you talked about the, you know you're getting these recession alerts, and he wrote an article earlier this week that said the threat of recession is in the minds of investors. Some traditional measures of the yield curve are inverted. The link between the inverted yield cur- curve and a recession has so dominated recent financial news that some investors, it's no longer ma- no longer a matter of whether we get a recession, but when's it going to start? And he says it's not. We're not even close. There are different circumstances. And I, I heard it, um, you know, during every you know six months. Within the last six months before each recession, Paul, you had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's that's about the same correlation with this inverted yield curve. So we could say every time you have a, you know, we're going to have a recession. Yeah. But it says that panic of 2008, the bubble was in home prices in the prior decade pushed national home values more than $6 trillion above fair value. There's nothing like that right now. Pretty much everyone agrees that housing isn't grossly overvalued like it was years before the panic. Price-to-earning ratio. This was 1999. We had a, a recession in 2000. Um, Price-to-earnings ratio of the S&P 500 peaked at 29.3 in June of 99. At the end of July of 2019, the same ratio is 19.3 as opposed to 29.3. So more than a third lower. So stocks are not overvalued. The bottom line is that, yes, the yield curve inverted prior to each of the recessions we discussed. But there are a lot of other things going on, not just the inversion. Without any of those ingredients, we still believe that predicting a recession in the near term are way too pessimistic. Uh, and that's that's um, Brian Westbury from First Trust. I like that correlation. Almost it's superstition in a way. It's like... Hey, I have this thing with the Packers. When I don't watch the Packers, they win. You're as bad as I am. It's it's an it's an amazing thing. If I do yard work and just DVR the game, they always win. If I sit down and watch the games, they lose. Sure. It's and when like the Brewers from- have runners on base, I turn the TV off because I know they're not going to score, score if I watch them. They're going to them. <laughs> that's, that's exactly that all, There's no correlation, that? No, there's right? no sense to that. It's just stupid nonsense. It's all superstition. And maybe a lot of that goes with the market, too. Uh, the recession talk is, it's almost silly. We need two consecutive quarters of negative growth, Jeff. Right? right that's generally accept the acceptable. Well, we that, we, we, we won't even know. One. That's right. We're not even close to that first. So, so stop with that talk. And Just let's, stop already. Right. Hey, we got to sneak in a quick break. But when we come back, we've got a lot to do. We're going to hear from Aaron Kowal with the Bossman. We've got Aaron Spitzner in studio. We are live on WISN and WIBA with the Retirement Clinic. Your retirement questions welcome. Now is the best time to call. So after the break, we'll get you set up. Spencer, our producer, will get you in the queue. Call 799-1130, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130. Your retirement questions, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Many business owners overlook the value that life insurance can play in their business. It's not just a tool that can be used to pass money on to a spouse or children, but can be a powerful tool in attracting key employees or adding value to a business. 
Many people, business owners included, are not aware of the various uses that life insurance has, especially with how it can add value to one's business. There are various issues that can come up in the business, as I've discussed in these segments before. There's the issue of paying for estate taxes, adding value for key executive recruits, and maintaining value of the business in uncertain times. The issue of education and proper planning are the main issues that stand between business owners and addressing these issues. It takes a team of pros to look at the situation objectively and help plan not just for now, but what could come up in the course of business in the years to come. There are several ways that insurance can play a part in business planning. I know I sound like a broken record, but key man policies are a huge tool that can add value to the business. The obvious use is that if the executive has a net worth in excess of the estate tax exemption, the key man policy can be used to help pay estate taxes. Next, the policies themselves can also be used as a deferred compensation plan or a way to retain an executive for a certain number of years. Third is to use the policy for a supplemental employee retirement plan. The policy could be used as a traditional key man life insurance policy if the executive died while working for the company. However, the employee could get access to the built-up cash value of the policy after a defined number of years working with the company. Another more non-traditional solution is that the policy can be seen as an asset of the business even if it's not on the balance sheet and negotiating the sale of the business. If someone were to buy your company and were also to get the key man coverage, meaning the buyer would be made the beneficiary of the life insurance, then that could make the company even more valuable. Your business may may be worth millions, but it's only worth full value in a non-distressed situation. This can help provide stability. There are many issues taken into consideration doing this. That's why it's important to work with someone who has a focus on working with business owners to set up these complex plans. Our thanks to Aaron Kowal. That's our weekly boss minute for business owners. Business owners, Jeff, they have to save, uh, right? Oh, microphone. And you also have to, uh, yeah, thanks, Paul. You also have to make sure that you that there, the possibility that something could happen. That's where Aaron was talking about the life insurance and the key man insurance. And being a, a chartered life underwriter that I am, uh, we started in the insurance business long ago. And uh, it's important. That's an important coverage. And you, you, when you least expect it, that's when the money comes in and that's when it's most needed. In a business situation, an individual situation, it uh, it comes in when it's, when it's most needed. So, uh, pay attention to that, especially if you, you, you have a rosy outlook. You think every, nothing's ever going to happen. Things happen. You just have to be prepared for it. Yeah, I would agree. Life happens. Yep. Um, so be prepared, Jeff. Good stuff. I think it's time to go to the phones and take some phone calls. We are joined by Aaron Spitzner, and your host is Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And we are taking your retirement questions right now. Jeff is in Racine. Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Great, thanks. What's up? Awesome. Um, so I've got a question for you. Uh, I have a, a 401k through the, a company that I, I used to work with. It's a Roth 401k that I invested in. Um, I've got probably, as of right now, I don't know, about 50000 into it. Um, I'm a young guy, and I'm investing right now with it at a very aggressive rate. Okay. But because of the fact that I'm no longer with the company and I'm not contributing to it right now, I'm like kind of in limbo as far as trying to find the right place to roll it over into. Um, My concern is, should I keep that very aggressive aspect on this when I'm not contributing to, uh, to the, uh, to the fund? How old are you? How old are you? I'm 42. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason. So you're not going to use the money now when you have an opportunity. Did you ever, did you get a company match as well when you worked there? 
Yes, they've matched 100% up to 6%. Great. So your portion is going to be in a Roth 401k that you ultimately want to roll over into a Roth IRA. And then you can make your choices with that. There's no reason not to be aggressive with that. The company portion, they could not put into a Roth. So that'll come out as uh, you'll put that into a traditional regular IRA. Or you could roll that part into your next 401k plan if you wanted to. Uh, but there's really, there's no reason, Jeff, for you to back off at all. It's going to be 20 or 30 years before you'll need the money. And with Roth IRAs, for a lot of people, that's the last asset that you use. So no matter how aggressive that you are with that, in my opinion, you're going to be, it's eventually going to recover, even if we take a hit now or several times between now and the time you use it. I think you staying fairly aggressively invested is the right thing to do. All right, cool. Thank you very much. All right, thanks for the call. It's a good question, Jeff. Appreciate it. 799-1130. We've got room for you on the retirement clinic for the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Again, lines are open. Aaron Spitzner is with us as well today. Any thoughts on that? Well, I I got some some thoughts on health insurance. And that's what I figured we'd talk about today is is uh minimizing your costs on health insurance. If if you're somebody who's retiring um maybe prior to Medicare. Uh, that is a conversation I had this week, and I thought it would be pretty timely uh, for the show today. Aaron, uh, Medicare is 65 years old. Yep. I can't take it till then. Correct. And so if you retire before then, where do, where do you get your benefits hey, from? A couple different ways. I, the most common is if, if you're you know if you're just like two years away from from uh, Medicare, you, oftentimes you'll hear, "Hey, I'm gonna you know take Cobra, so kind of the extension of your existing plan. You pay a little bit more uh, than what you were paying uh, when you were an employee, and that uh, lasts for 18 months. Yeah. So so you could retire at 63 and a half, take Cobra for the 18 months, and then take Medicare at 65. Uh, so after the 18 months that expires, can't you re-sign up for the same thing? No, that's a company plan. Okay. So you can't. They have to keep you on for that long, but they don't have to keep you on beyond that. Okay. So if it's Cobra, we're talking sixty three and a half. Yeah, and, and and the situation I had is is a couple where um the husband was was older and his wife was about ten years younger. And they both want to retire right now. And that's that's where the issue came in, uh, because he he's you know stressing to me and, and how much of their monthly budget is gonna go towards health insurance uh for his wife. And um, we ran some cash flow projections, and he had told me what his estimate was. And given what his need was, I had explained to him that, you know, if you manage your income as a couple and you keep it under $65,000, you can receive uh, some good subsidies from the federal government, and her premium becomes much more affordable. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to kind of go through that situation because that was – that was the first time he had heard of that information, and it did make a big difference in his overall plan. This is, and before we start this, Aaron, I would just assume this is one of the biggest factors when determining when you are going to retire. I think a lot of people look at their four hundred one k and they do the math. Listen, we can we can take these RMDs. We got maybe Social Security kicks in at a certain point, but that health care is so expensive. Yep. Yeah. Usually it's. Um Comments, hey, you know, I'm estimating roughly as a couple $1,200 a month, um, if not more, for premiums. And immediately, you know, you start to think, well, what can we do to reduce that? Because that is a big, a big expense well, prior 15, to 16, 17 grand a year, maybe for yeah. a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, so it's either both are retiring young or, or one of the two, you know, they, is a little bit younger. They want to retire at the same time. Um, so the, the the trick here is managing to generate enough income to maintain your lifestyle, 
but stay under the threshold that the federal government has so you can receive those subsidies. So the, the amount for 2019 is as single individual, 48560 and as a couple, about $65,840. So you want your modified adjusted gross income to remain below that amount in order to receive the subsidy. Can you go over those amounts again? So you could roughly say 48500 uh, for a single individual and about 65800 for a couple. And um, some people might say, wait a minute, that's a lot less than I'm used to as far as annual income. That's correct. And that's where you have to be, um, I guess, be a little bit more crafty with how you're going to take money out of your, your you, so you have all these different buckets, right? You have your 401k money, you may have money in the bank, you have money have a, in a Roth IRA. So how do we take those distributions? Do you include social security that? in that? Yeah, for most people, it's it's more of an issue when you're, you know, younger than 62, so you're not even really eligible yet at this point in time, and, and okay, how do we manage these income sources to stay under that? Because if you're a dollar over, you lose the subsidies. Um, wow. So all of a sudden, you're paying a lot more in health insurance premiums. So your point is get creative. Yeah, so um, basically, and, and another, you know, the, the federal government, it's nice right now because they're only looking at income, they're not looking at total wealth. Um, so we can manage income, and how do we do that? Well, there are certain income sources that are going to be fully included in that $65,000. That's going to be like wages, pensions, dividends, interest, uh, and even interest from municipal bonds is added back to count against you. So that's not you know, free and clear of this. So even uh, though it's tax-free income, it still counts as income for the Obamacare subsidy. Yep. Capital gains, and then, of course, withdrawals from your IRA, 401k, things like that. Um, the fully excluded ones, this is basically, this is your best bet. That's going to be bank accounts, you know, CDs, things like that, or Roth IRAs. So the trick here is now, how do you blend your fully that fully included so distributions from your IRA, four hundred one k, with money from your Roth or your bank account? Uh, because, like Jeff just said, you don't really want to take from that Roth if you don't have to. Right. You've paid tax on it. You want to put it in the market. You want to let it grow. Um, but sometimes it's a matter of maybe pulling a little bit from that and a little bit from the IRA to keep under that threshold. The other strategy that I've been kind of working with is if you're a few years out from retirement and you have a good amount in your 401k and you know you want to leave early, start putting money in the bank right now. Uh, start kind of building up that after-tax savings or even an after-tax investment account. Uh, can- yeah, so it could be individual or, or yep. joint investment accounts. Uh, trust accounts, things like that. But, I mean, a CD? What are CDs paying? Huh. 1%? Yeah. 2%? Yeah, some of you can get as high as 2.5%, uh, but the, the point is we're managing the income. So you may have to take a portion of the CD, and maybe not just the income, maybe takes a portion of the CD to live off of for a while, uh, along with the regular income from your IRAs, along with... Roth IRA. So you're you're making it such you keep the income under sixty five sixty four thousand dollars for a couple. Yeah. Forty eight thousand. And you want to get the Obamacare subsidy. It's interesting that you know, we're talking about Obamacare and uh for for even for conservatives, it's good to have the subsidy. Yeah. If you're eligible for it, it's not a bad thing to take the subsidy if you're eligible for it. Yeah. So if you the, can do some creative the planning. The Affordable like Care Fund. Act. Correct. Yeah, Which, even the, you know, it doesn't sound, you know, everybody says, well, should I put my money in the bank? Well, look at the interest rate so low. You know, I could put it in the market. Well, you could put it in the market, but the what you're foregoing on potential return, you're more than making up 
with that subsidy. To give you an idea, to keep it under that sixty-five thousand yeah. dollars. So, so to give you an idea, like a, a, a couple could go pay, like I said, twelve hundred dollars in, in in monthly premiums for their health insurance if they're under sixty-five and they're on the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Um, I've been quoted in the past that that could drop down anywhere from zero to five hundred dollars in a monthly premium. Uh, zero meaning more you're going to be in a high deductible plan. Uh, so if you have good health and you're in a high deductible plan, you could take what you were going to pay in that premium and, and stash that in HSA, or you pay a little bit more for better coverage. I mean, it's all going to depend health on where you're located. savings account, the HSAs are very yeah. popular right now. Yeah, and, and it's a great tool if, if, if you know, you're in good health and maybe you have a good amount. If you don't use yeah. that money, it stays in the account. It rolls over every year, correct? correct? Yep. Yeah, you don't have to take it out if you don't, if you don't need it. I've talked about it. We have it here at... at I heart and I love it, Jeff. The Good. HSA. It is great. They, uh, health savings accounts. Yeah. I mean, all this is why you guys exist. I would have no idea about this, this to use this strategy. And with you've talked about Congress changing rules all the time. They literally every year change it, Jeff. That's right. And you pay attention on these Saturdays, too, so you catch on to this stuff. Well, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's my job. You but you carry out a good conversation with it, too. So but I would have to... no idea how to prove that strategy, which would is saving you thousands of dollars i would imagine yeah and it's also letting you get out of work right you i mean a lot of people they're stressed they're stressed and they're, they're maybe only working because they're carrying the insurance because of insurance yeah i i can't tell you how many of my friends i'm 53 but i'm getting to the point where some of my friends are 57 58 and they're talking about retiring and the one thing they say yes but i'm going to lose my great benefits yep so if that's what's holding you back, there are options. Spitz brought up a great point, too. For a lot of people, it's a matter of their health. Now they're at a job or the situation has changed, the economy has changed, their job has changed, and they're stressed out. And they may not make it a lot longer if they continue with that type of uh, activity at work. So it's a way to get out of work if it's if it's appropriate for you to retire and if the numbers work out. And then we're, use Spitz's strategy in order to be able to help pay for that health insurance. Did you just call him Spitz? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have nicknames around the office like the Brewers did last night on their? Did no, you see that game last night? Yeah, they had the nicknames on their. Uh, yeah, that was, on the jerseys. I don't know about those jerseys. They're ugly and weird was, shiny belts. Did it was white that? on white. Yeah. It was just when can we get rid of these? That was my thought. But I do like the nickname thing. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, okay, it's it's clearly break time, but that was very informative. Thank you very much. Spitz. Yeah. That's a new there name. you go. <laughs> Aaron Spitzner. Uh, what's your nickname around the office, Jeff? None. <laughs> None. And don't start that. <laughs> the boss? No, not even that. We don't get there. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Um, I got to admit, around the radio station, we have nicknames as well. Oh, yeah, what's yours? I'd rather not go there. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll save that for an, no. We're going to save that for a rainy day. Uh, we'll be right back after this. You are listening to the Retirement Clinic. It's on WIBA every weekend, along with WISN. Jeff Kowal, your host, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. All right, a lot coming up, including next the sexy segment where Jeff will talk about Jeff. Give us a little again. When you, if tease. what happens if you get unexpected wealth, suddenly wealthy? Uh, with a uh, inheritance, retirement, divorce, lottery winning, uh, selling your business. What do you do with it? What's a strategy you should use? We'll talk about that as soon as we get back. Yeah, that'll be a good one. In addition, any of your questions that you have, we have plenty of time to address those. Use the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's open right now. 414-799-1130. The Retirement Clinic, right back after this.
Time for the sexy segment. We talk about wealth management, wealth preservation. And Jeff, it's you'll handle this segment clearly like you always do, but just to kind of by way of background, it's one thing to obtain wealth. That's a goal. That's great. You want to keep that wealth. You don't want to see that 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 bucket go down. Right. For a lot of our clients, the, uh, the objective is once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and then pass it on to your heirs? For many of our clients, that's the sweet spot of what we do at the Kowal Investment Group. This show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those who have accumulated a million dollars or more. And for a lot of people, they say, well, that's not me. But if you have $500,000 in your 401k, if you have $500,000 home, you're at a million dollars. If you have uh, additional property, if you have other investments, if you own a business, um, if you get an inheritance, you may be at $2 million, $3 million, $10 million, $20 million or and more. And I know you. I ask you this all the time, but there's new listeners every week i want to ask you this again you count net, it's net assets well the government counts the assets so my house have. five hundred thousand. Yep. i got 500 in a 401k i'm a millionaire you bet so that if, if that's if your house is paid off now if you have a four hundred fifty thousand dollar loan it gets your five hundred thousand dollar house so you consider the equity let's say equity, i've had yeah. 400 in equity or whatever yes All right. yes so, but the government doesn't looks at it as what are the assets that you have, and that's how they decide whether you're going to be a millionaire or not, and how they're going to tax you. Now, the, the exemptions for taxes are quite high right now for estate taxes. Nonetheless, if there's any gains or or uh, ordinary income taxes that you have not paid, they'll get at you for those. So they'll get their pound of flesh. But for this, for these purposes. A lot of people want to accumulate some wealth. Some of them get it very quickly. And there are a variety of ways that people make money and have sudden wealth, uh, either with selling a business. Aaron talks about Aaron Kowal talks about that a lot when, in his uh, boss segment. Uh, or someone um, you know, passing away, so you get an inheritance. Retiring, for a lot of people, they haven't managed their wealth very much during their working years, mm-hmm. and now they've got to manage the assets from the retirement account, winning a lottery, getting a divorce. A lot of times getting a divorce is difficult because one of the spouses may not have been involved with the uh, management of that money all the while, and now he or she gets a pile of money dumped on them. One of so, the spouses may have been responsible for all – think of that. If it's the working spouse and the other's not working, Jeff, and you divorce, it's still considered a we're marital property state, right? Correct. So a lot of times in, in, in most – marital situations one spouse makes financial decisions the other one goes along maybe knows what's going on but doesn't necessarily as involved in those decisions in a divorce situation both parties have to be responsible for that for their own part of it so first thing what should you do probably the best thing to do initially is nothing Take a deep breath and and just gather your thoughts. Start working through the list of of things that you need to do. But really, you don't have to make any immediate decisions. But let's let's, uh, talk about these uh, different strategies. Remember that lottery winner from New Berlin? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but if you win that much, would you quit right away the job? I think he gave a day's notice. It's different, Jeff. You're a business owner. It's a different thing. A There's, day's notice, but you know, yeah. I'm not, dude. I'm not coming in tomorrow. I, I have. Yeah. What did he win? I forgot the amount already. Well, wasn't it like two or, or, or three hundred million dollars or something? Insane. Yeah, it was a, after tax. I think it was like three hundred million. It was like six hundred million dollars or more than that. So you say, but take a breath and gather your thoughts. Right. There's no need to do anything right away, whether it's a divorce situation or winning the lottery or even retiring. Make sure that you have. So one thing you should 
do is just take a look, try to define your hopes and dreams. We go through this with our clients. We say, when you look three years from now, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want that time to look like? And what progress do you want to make? Um, next, know what you're getting and why you're getting it. Uh, take the time to get familiar with the money that you expect to get, whether it's a lump sum, whether you're going to get payment over time. Because sometimes um, you know, people you're inheriting money from, as an example, may have owned a piece of property, so you may get rental income for a, a while, and then the family wants to sell it. So you know, if it's if it's $2 million, you may only get $200,000 right now. So, you, so don't plan on being a $2 millionaire right away because it may be years before you get all that money. Next, as soon as you, as early as you possibly can, assemble a team of professionals. And again, don't rush into this if you don't have an advisor, if you have a financial advisor, if you have a retirement specialist, a financial advisor, a CPA, tax professional, estate planning attorney, property and casualty insurance. These are the type of people that help help you make decisions with. I got one for you, Jeff. Maybe somebody, it's not an inheritance, but their house is paid for. Let's just say it's mom and dad, or, or only mom is now with us, dad's long since passed. Mom now passes away, and she's got this house, and it's already paid for. Well, that's going to probably go to one of the kids, right? Right. Would you include that? That's suddenly maybe it's three hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Well, now you're. Where's, but where's mom going to live? No, mom passes away. No, but one of them is still alive, right? No, I'm saying. Oh, I'm both. saying when both have. Passed yeah, away. let's say both are gone. The house is now belonging to the kids. I assume. Yeah. What do you generally? What would you do with that? It Sell depends. the house. It depends. The will might might or the will of trust might give directions on what to do with that. Otherwise, the beneficiaries have to get together and decide. Yeah. And that's when problems come in. Um, you know, because one may need them. So let's say there are three beneficiaries. One might need it. One might. Uh, the one other might two say, might "Let's not. sell it." Right. One might say, "No, let's keep it in the family so, because it's got sentimental." So, do the other two that that want to keep it buy out the hundred thousand dollars? In your case, the three hundred thousand dollars. The two others might get together, buy out the one that wants it, and then the other two keep it. So, if there's appreciation, then the two remaining beneficiaries. Uh, would benefit from any appreciation in the future, and the other one would get their $100,000 out of that. It would certainly help to get some outside help, in this case, an attorney. Somebody like you, Jeff, this is what you Absolutely. do. Absolutely, we do this all the time. And we have people that, are, that have sudden wealth, and a lot of people feel comfortable with us because we say we have a $750,000 minimum. So if you have a million, two million, five million dollars $5 we're used to handling larger amounts of money, and people feel a great degree of comfort knowing that this isn't the first time we We've seen this. I had a procedure done this week, <laughs> and I was in the in the uh, in the operating. It's just a little thing on my throat. So, but you know, I I was the, the nurse. You can disclose as much as you'd like. I, well, me and was, Aaron are just waiting. It was, it was not. Yeah. It was nothing. It was not a big deal. It's just a little throat issue. I was having yeah. a procedure being done, and the uh, it the nurses were hooking right. It might have been. <laughs> While he's out, let's get this done too. Yeah, that's right. That's it. So they, you know, the nurses are attaching all these things, and they say, "You guys know what you're doing." They said, "We've done this once or twice." I said, "That was your second time." And then the anesthesiologist came in and said, "Yeah, I, I googled this this morning, so I'm, ah! I'm pretty good." <laughs> And that was the last thing you remember. That's the last thing I remember. And then you're in La La Land. But, but that's it. We've, we've done this a lot of times. And the point is, you want to go somewhere. I want to make sure that that anesthesiologist, it wasn't the first time she oh, was yeah. doing that. I think they were joking and when they said I Googled I, it. I, I 
I hope I they were. I hope to God they were. We, you're <laughs> here today. Out, it turned out okay anyway. Yeah. And anyway, but thank you for sharing that, Paul. So, anyway, the other couple of things, the last couple of things on this is be wary of people asking for money, especially friends and family. You want to be considerate, but you don't want to make, you want to make sure that you're not giving away all of your money to your kids or to relatives and friends, and then you don't have money to live off of. And the la- last thing is don't rush into any large purchases. Sleep on things for a while. Nothing wrong with going out and celebrating with loved ones and um, you know, but maybe put large purchases on the back burner. You maybe them. not call the boss that same day and say, I, right. I'm done. That's right. But you hear of a lot of professional athletes and I don't want, maybe not to pick on them, but, but a lot of people who have wealth for only a short period of time will make huge purchases that they can't. And they, and a lot of times their careers are just so short. Jeff, I, you, you are not exact. The countless stories of guys that made a lot of money, but only for three or four years. Right. Are suddenly broke. Right. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. You don't know how long that well. So don't so back off on the big purchases too. Yeah. Okay, good sexy segment today here in WISN with Jeff Cole on the retirement clinic. Aaron Spitzner joins us as well on WISN and on WIB. Hey, no no joking aside with the anesthesiologist though, you know, the comment you made. Joan Rivers, you remember when she passed away? Yeah. You know what happened, right? What? No. She one because it was Joan Rivers. They all wanted to be around. She was given two doses because there was two anesthesiologists, and there's a mix. Oh, I up. didn't know that. That's how she died. Yeah, in surgery. I'm glad you told me after I had the procedure done. So thank you, Paul. <laughs> just <laughs> Jeff, just Google it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it is how it is. It's a sad story, but you got to take that stuff seriously. So I'm glad it turned out for you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. We'll be right back on WISN. The retirement clinic continues after this. Welcome back on News Talk 1130 WISN. Somebody picked out Journey bumper music today. Uh, Nice choice. Journey appeals to both old guys like me and now 20-somethings are all into Journey. I went to a Journey Journey concert without Jane on my fifth wedding anniversary with my niece, and and it was her birthday, so it just reminded me of it. So that went over big (laughs) when I— But you left Jane at home. I left Jane because she was pregnant, so she didn't go on that one. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good reason. That's a valid reason. uh, No, it wasn't. No. (laughs) I still hear about it. All these years later, you're talking about it. 37 years later, 36 years later, we're still talking about it. What fun. That's good. Hey, Jeff, okay, first off, we thank uh, the—we took a couple calls earlier in the show. Then we got busy with our sexy segment in the Boss Minute. Thank you to Aaron Spitzner for being here today. Spitz, oh, as we learned. Well, it was a lot of fun. And you learned my nickname? Got the Spitz down now. From now on, you will that's be right. called Spitz on this program. All right. <laughs> uh, Spencer, that's not coming out on the air. My nickname here at work, not yeah, appropriate. Yeah. Jeff, the last minute of the show, the floor goes to you. Okay, just a quick thing on Social Security. Some statements were in error. The agency acknowledged that paper requests contained incorrect estimates. So if you requested a paper um, uh, summary of your uh, uh, Social Security benefits. It was just for a few ages. I think it was people born in 55, 56, and 57. Faulty Social Security numbers. You might want to have them redone or go online and get the correct ones. So, uh, Jeff, when we reach out to you, the com, you know, Spitz, I like that. Spitz referred to all the social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. 
We can call you at any time. Absolutely. Call us at 262-522-4040. If you have any questions about the show today or anything that's bothering you or, or just to schedule an appointment, give us a call, 262-522-4040, 877-560-4040. Either of those numbers works in Milwaukee area, uh, uh, Madison, uh, all over town. Easier also, you can schedule an appointment online uh, for either our Middleton or any of our offices, uh, Waukesha office. Go online at thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. Schedule an appointment, click the Get Started button, and uh, Heather will get back to you and make sure that you're on our schedule. For our listeners and Tune into WIBA Madison. There's a Middleton office. We talked about Waukesha Port, Phoenix, Arizona, and of course the newest location in Racine. Guys, have a great weekend. Thank you, Aaron, so much for your time. Thank you. Jeff, Thanks we'll you, see, Paul. We'll see you next week. We're on every week at 10 a.m. WISM Milwaukee News is straight ahead. Stay tuned.